Hello, welcome to the AI Buzz with Luca and Josh. I'm Josh Starmer, host of the YouTube channel StackQuest with Josh Starmer, and also a lead AI educator at Lightning AI. And I'm Luca Antiga, CTO at Lightning AI. Today we're going to be talking about ChatGPT, Transformers, and Attention. To get us started, I just want to mention that uh, yesterday I have a friend in publishing uh, who's an editor at a big uh, major publishing company. And he came up to me and he goes, Josh, uh, will chat GPT put me out of a business, out of work? Will I lose my job? Um, and <laughs> I feel like that's wow. an active, a good question. Uh, Luca, good question. do you have an answer for this? <laughs> oh, not at all. Of course. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, well, if anything, you know, it will, uh, Make it more challenging for people to compete against boilerplate, right? Uh, text and uninteresting yeah. stuff. Uh, uh, but it will empower people to produce more content. It also will empower people to produce more ma marketing stuff to target us mindlessly. So, I mean, uh, we're going to pay, uh, <laughs> all of us are going to pay for it. <laughs> so, but, you know, I don't yeah. think so. Uh, so of so course, things are going to change. What I was thinking of. Yeah. I, I think I think one thing that ChatGPT will be really cool and helpful for is say like I want to write a book about say I'm actually I just started writing a book about neural networks, and I could say hey ChatGPT, uh, give me a, an outline. What should I write about uh, on neural networks? What topics should I cover? And it might give me a nice outline, uh, get me sort of like in the ballpark, uh, maybe speed up a few steps uh, of brainstorming. Uh, and then what I can then go in and do is, is flesh it all out and, you know, make it uniquely stack quest and draw my little pictures. Um, yeah, exactly. but I think it'll, it'll help. It'll, to me, I think of it'll help with like the brainstorming and sort of just getting started. There's that blank page, like disaster that we have whenever I try something new, like if I'm going to make a new stack quest or a new song or a new book or whatever, there's that blank page that you're like, now what do I do? And I think it'd be awesome that now we can just say, hey, chat GBT, get me started. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, for example, this show, right? Um, uh, I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, we had to find um, a name for it. So we wanted to find a name that sounded uh, cool. So I went on chat GPT and said, hey, chat GPT, can you uh, tell me a, a name of like five shows, uh, five names of a show? Um, uh, what I say was on the lines of, um, what's the, what's the name of the, um, uh, the daily bugle. I say something like the daily bugle, something. Okay. And it's spat out like five that names and query. one of them was that, the, that's uh, how bus. you got it started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I love it. So, uh, Luca, I was just getting, I was just talking about how you used chat GBT to write the lyrics to a song. Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Uh, I was like uh, at a friend's, uh, I'm helping him record a few songs and so on. And so I, he, he wrote a song and I wanted to come up with the alternatives, lyrics and uh, actually the, the, the melody for it. But I had like 10 minutes because I needed to start working. So I got onto ChatGPT and I said, okay, uh, can you generate um, a song with this vibe? 
And then it got something to me that was really cheesy. So I said, a bit less cheesy uh-huh. and a bit more, you know, blah, blah, blah. And in a few iterations, I was there. And so, um, and I produced something that I meant uh, to, to with, with the uh-huh. kind of ambience that I meant to obtain. Uh, and it would have gotten me like uh, a lot more time. Probably I wouldn't have gotten it there um, if it wasn't for that tool. So, I mean, the, the potential for it to empower people to, you know, Maybe, you know, write a song if they want to and, and experiment with it. It's, uh, it's, it's really great. You know, what's, what's interesting yeah. is that you can give it instructions back, right? And um, it will adjust things the way you want, but keep the structure the same. So this kind of long-ranging, long-ranging relationships between things where, um, I don't know if you know how ChatGPT works under the hood, Josh, like roughly speaking. No, I don't. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's, I'm here to ask dumb questions. You're here to help us understand. <laughs> no, no. But that's so what, just me, an excuse to start speaking work? about it. <laughs> I know you know better. <laughs> but let's, let's say that, um, so how ChatGPT works. Uh, ChatGPT is uh, a model that is, you know, uh, fundamentally, it's a GPT that has been conditioned to do a chat, <laughs> as the name said. Okay. What is GPT? GPT is, is a short name for Generative Pre-trained Transformer, which is a very fancy name okay. for a model that is not super easy to understand fundamentally. But you can write it up yes. in like 300 lines of Python. That, that, the, the crazy thing about okay. that, and then, of course, the, the, the code that... Uh, OpenAI has there uh, will be much more complex, you know, but the complexity you layer on top of it is mostly to scale it up to be huge, right? So it's more like incidental complexity, but the actual computing model that is there is really compact, is is a very simple model. And and of course it's trained, um, it has like billions of parameters, it's, it's trained in a very particular way. A GPT is pre-trained on a massive amount of data. But then it's fine-tuned uh, to behave well, to behave in a way that is like amenable to interaction with people uh, with a technique that, that is called uh, reinforcement learning through human feedback, uh, which is like, okay. as it denotes, it, it means that um, another model was trained to kind of rank the output yeah of the bigger model and say, okay, this is better than this one. And so humans sat there saying, oh, this output is better than this one. And this output, and they did it okay. not just with two, but with a bunch of them. And using something so, that is so that called, was a, yeah, go ahead. I'm just curious. So, so what we're saying is at this stage, they had humans sort of curate the output and rank the output. Yeah. Uh, and that went back into like the back propagation and the training of of the bigger model. Is that is that correct? That that went into training a model mm-hmm. that was the called the reward model that then was was used to uh, improve the parameters of the larger model. Okay. And, uh, and the so reward the, model. Yeah. The reward model was somewhat, you know, had human interaction and human grading. Is that is that exactly getting this right? Yeah. I might be getting it all yeah. wrong. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. Okay, good. So he, <laughs> he learned how he learned to yeah. rank 
things uh-huh. in a similar way as a yeah. human would do. And, you know, incidentally, oh, ranking things, saying if something yeah. is better than something else is easier than generating it. As we all know, right? You can tell if a good is better yes. than another one, uh, you know, according to yeah. some preferences, but you, you can't maybe write the same book uh, or the same great book, yeah. right? So it's kind of the same kind of relationship. So, uh, yeah. and, and this is how ChatGPT came, like got from great to uh, really, really <laughs> uh, impressive in, in interacting yeah. with humans. So, can I ask a few more questions about it? Um, yeah. So, so it's generative. Um, and so far, at least on my channel, we've, we've just, we've had very simple neural networks that just make really basic predictions, like a really simple output. Yes or no. It's this type of, you know, iris or it's, you know, the drug's going to work or it's not going to work. How, how does the, and I understand that, but how does the output for a generative model work? Yeah. So there, it's funny because these kind of models are trained on a task uh, that is fundamentally very simple, which is predicting the next word. So okay. you like the astounding thing uh, about these kind of models and large language models, uh, like uh, in, in these day and ages, that they are trained on tasks that are very uh, like granular. For example, given a yeah. text, you mask a word and you try to fill it in with the right word. Well, you, you need to predict what comes after a series of words, you know, and you would have to understand mm-hmm. sure, what, sure. Th- that I was trying to say yeah. words. Um, and, and, and this produces models that are able to make connections between different parts of sentences. They understand uh, what understand the structure of, 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 of reasoning to some, to some degree. Actually, you know, there, there have been um, uh, papers that have shown that large language models perform um, when, when they see a prompt, which is like the text I, I ask a question with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many ways of asking those questions. And they, they, yeah. they perform a sort of uh, gradient descent themselves in, okay. on, in, in answering those questions. So they, they are capable of yeah. learning algorithms through which they will then generate uh, the text. So, uh, I mean, it's it's almost like, and we will talk about that, like then we will recap the conversation yeah. and, you know, and uh, uh, we'll get onto kind of uh, a program of what we will discuss in the future. But essentially yeah. it's almost like we, as a humanity, we have stumbled on a new form of, uh, uh, expressing computations that is capable of learning that it's very simple, uh, but it's capable of learning very difficult things. It's almost like when, you know, humans from Roman numerals, uh, humans in, in, in the, in, in Rome, whatever, <laughs> or in Europe yeah. or, and, uh, in other parts of the world, they got from, uh, uh, their like clunky numeral systems to the Arabic numeral system that allowed them to yeah. kind of supercharge their, uh, their, their ability to reason yeah. about things, right? So it's almost like that. Uh, suddenly, yeah, you can suddenly do math that's like useful <laughs> instead of just like 
adding two numbers together. But can can I ask another a really quick question? Yep. So uh, when we're you know going back a little bit, talking about the generative models, uh, is that a little bit say like say like someone sends me a text on my phone, and and my my phone already has like a suggest you know suggested words, and could I you know Chat GPT is basically that, but like really well done so instead of like actually typing in words you know maybe i could just hit you know hit the hit the select you know the the suggested word and just keep hitting the hit keep hitting the suggested words and it'll say something reasonable and sort of apropos to the conversation and i will not have i'm really bad with texting so this actually sounds really <laughs> great right that i could just like hit one but one big button like four times and it would do a whole <laughs> sentence instead of like you know, is that a little bit how ChatGPT does this auto generation? Is it's basically it completes a word, and then based on the word that it's predicted, it says, "Well, well this is this is probably the next word," yeah. and based on that word that it's predicted, it goes, "Well, that's pr this is probably the next word," and it just sort of like does the prediction like that. Is that is that sort of how it works? Yeah, yeah, it's it's how it's trained to to work, but then out okay. of the sudden, like the, there's this emergent behavior of Mm -hmm. uh, understanding relationships that are very complex, for example, uh, in, in the yeah. text that you, it, it just generated or that you provided to it, right? So it can do calculations, yeah. it can produce code. Um, I did a yes, kind of a, know, some sort crazy? of interaction, right? Where it says, you know, I started with some code and then I said, okay, eliminate the variables that are useless and it did it. And then I said, what if those variables are torched answers? And it did it. And then it, I asked, can you turn this Python code into byte, Python bytecode? And it did it. And then, no way. you know, changed the addition into a subtraction in the bytecode, but not in the original code. And it did it. Like, it, it's it's really, you know, uh, it's not just uh, text completion. It's not like, you know, uh, your your usual thing. And you can do pretty much the same, not just with <laughs> ChatGPT, right? Uh, it's yeah. uh, if you go like many large scale models today are capable of, of doing similar things. And we are seeing that yeah. uh, a few of them are being released uh, in the open. Uh, but of course, you know, the more you tune them, uh, the more useful they will get because people will have to think less about how do I prompt this model and they will just get the right thing out of the box. So I have, I have another stupid question. <laughs> I apologize, Luca. Um, so when I was in college and I took I took a like a computational theory course, and they were like, you know the, um, you know we talked about Turing machines and yeah. things that could be solved with Turing machines and yeah. things that could not be solved with Turing machines and things that could be could not be solved with Turing machines were like they those were like problems that we needed entirely new types of computers for. We needed quantum computing. Mm -hmm. We could not solve these with a standard computer. And one of those problems was like understanding code. You know, mm. even though code is so structured, I, 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 and it was a long time ago since I took this class, so I could be wrong, but I just remember coming out of that classroom thinking that I guess it will we'll never, in my lifetime, we'll never have a computer that can really understand code. And basically what you're saying is that, is that we're actually doing that right now. And that is within my lifetime that, that we're seeing these things. 
Um, yeah. How is that possible? Are we like defying physics? What's going on? Yeah, the 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 the, the strange thing is that. I don't think we know fully understand how it, that is possible, right? We have a very vague understanding on how these things work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a few people in the world have a better understanding, better intuition, then there's a bunch of us that kind of kind of <laughs> uh, uh, grasp it somehow. But we like yeah. you see papers in which they like start doing like reverse engineering on what happens, right? In within these these models. Yeah. Um and I mean, it's, it's in a way it had to transcend the human uh, comprehension, right. In order to, to do this, because mm -hmm. this is like a very hard problem. And, you know, if you could write the rules that allow you to do this, it would be inherently an easy thing to do somehow. Right. Like mm -hmm. if you remember the Jopardy thing, you know, with uh, IBM and, and uh, uh, Watson, that that system was a mm -hmm. system that was built on rules, right? A large part on, on, on rules. Yeah. So it was a very big expert system. And the, 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 the thing there was like a lot of knowledge uh, went into it, uh, a lot of facts and the facts were processed in a way that then it would generate like, uh, there was, I, I uh, there was uh, probably some, of course, some probabilistic stuff in there, but ultimately at the end of the day, uh, uh, rules were very prominent yet. Um, but then to break that complexity and, and a lot of years went into that, a lot of engineering, um, and you know, uh, trying travel 20 years and we have like a, a few hundred lines of code potentially, right. Um, with a yeah. few algorithms on top of it that plus a lot of engineering, yeah. Uh, yeah. to scale up to massive. Uh, but the fact that the computing model is so simple is something that is really fundamental. And I think we'll talk about that in future episodes, hopefully with a better internet connection. Okay. So basically, I think the, uh, the we'll try to look into what fundamental computation GPT is doing from a computing model. Because the fact that this model has come from uh, uh, from sequence modeling uh, mm -hmm. is and the terminology that we use, the tension and so on. I don't know. I have a very like maybe it's a very uninformed <laughs> uh, position, yeah, I don't yeah. know. but I think it's kind of shadowing a bit. And uh, and there's a nice paper thinking uh, like transformers. It's called. Um, that kind of talks about like what yeah. computing model transformers might be like uh, presenting to us uh, fundamentally, right? And how how the computation works inside them in order to actually like learn not only sequences, but actual like algorithms. And uh, yeah, yeah. zero shot abilities, when we talk about zero shot abilities are abilities that they weren't trained on and they just, you know, you give them instruction and they can execute the instruction that you gave them at inference time. So it, it takes a lot more than just predicting the next thing in order to be able to do this from a computing standpoint. So, yeah, yeah it's very fascinating. Yeah. And the other big thing that happened this year is diffusion, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah. No, image generation. And now we're seeing sound generation. So, 
In future episodes, we'll get more into those uh, tiny bits here. One of the interesting yeah. things here is that um, the same mechanism, attention, is has been injected into what makes stable diffusion generate images, which is a an old model unit, uh, which is a, a model that is basically a kind of a hourglass model, but it's usually drawn with a U. And uh, it has a few skip connections, but it was published back in 2015. I remember reading the paper when it came out and trying it out um, on 3D medical images. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. But the fact that then so um, they added attention to it, I think it made it so powerful. Um, and of course, the whole diffusion -like framework uh, made it so powerful. But in the end, there are commonalities between all these models in the sense of this fundamental computing it. block. And that fundamental computing block is? Well, the attention mechanism, which is something that yeah. it needs to be a bit, you know, digested and explained and understood. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and yeah. And so the other interesting thing, I think, um, when we talk about, you know, uh, these models is the fact that they're like, as we said, they can be expressed in a few lines, right? And so when you express them in a few lines, um, that's where innovation can come in, right? Because you developed, yeah. you, you, you can develop like a higher level intuition for what's going on. Um, and, uh, and where, whereas if you have a very complex repo in front of you or a code base, uh, then doing something, manipulating that something becomes a lot uh, more complicated. So something that I've been enjoying is uh, Andre Karpathy's uh, nano MinGPT and nano GPT implementation. You can go on GitHub, GitHub uh, Karpathy uh -huh. uh, nano GPT. And GPT there is 300 lines. And we'll, we'll get more into okay. it maybe in the future, but uh, essentially, this model scale differently. Yeah, you, you, you give it a lot more parameters and so on. Uh, uh, it's what is powering ChatGPT that we started from. And, um, and everything else is an incidental complexity due to scale. Now, of course, yeah, you can have a more like efficient attention block, blah, blah, blah. But from, from the, the core principles, that, that is the architecture, right? So, uh, it gives me the opportunity to understand the value of eliminating boilerplate. Because if you can express that same model and make it run at scale without any kind of complexification, then when that, that is when innovation comes in, right? And so since you're yes. wearing the lightning <laughs> t-shirt, that's where I think we're focusing on boilerplate, right? And, and try to remove it from everything. Like we did it with the trainer, doing it with the apps and uh, doing it with uh, distributed computing and so on. Because eliminating boilerplate is a factor that enables scientists, not AI experts to use things on one end, but also AI experts to kind of stop caring about all the incidental complexity and focus on the, on the thing that actually makes the magic happen. So I guess one yep. question is, is Luca, you were talking about, you were talking about this book, Thinking Like a Transformer or this essay, or um, uh, can you talk 
uh, about that a little bit. What what does it mean to think like a transformer? Yeah. So um, the the think is about the the attention block that we we talked about before, right? So mm-hmm. the this this piece of you know neural networks are made of like simple computations repeated a lot of times, and you know, and uh, like a typical neuron has a linear uh, component and then a nonlinearity right after it, uh, like a feed forward networks and so on. Like That's attention right. is a bit different in the sense that. Okay. Uh, when you get uh, an input that is composed by many elements, they don't even need to be a sequence. Like then you can make it understand that the thing is a sequence with a particular encoding, but there's nothing to it that really, you know, is inherently a sequence. And so when you, um, uh, when you have an attention block, basically you pass your input into something that will figure out how to wait to assign weights uh, to the input elements, uh-huh. um, and uh, uh, in order to produce uh, the next thing, but these weights are are uh, generated in a way that it uh, it resembles like the ability to store information depending on on the input, and then you retrieve uh, what usually happens when you have that input and how you combine it with itself to generate those weights. Um, so for example, if I have a one, two, three, four, and every time I have one, two, three, four, I want to obtain one, three, two, four, then probably okay. I will want to say that um, the one will remain a one. So you will wait, um, let's say you, you you will generate, like you, you will take the input sequence itself and say, okay, uh, I have all my, I, 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 if I am the one at that point and I see the rest of the sequence, uh, I will get the, the diagonal element over an imaginary matrix that has the, the sequence and itself in the, on the two X and Y axis. And if you want to switch the three and, and two and, and obtain two, three, uh, sorry, three, two, then you will take the two and say, okay, when I have a two, here in the second position, usually I get, uh, uh, I, uh, I wait a lot in, in my, my output sequence. I wait a lot the, uh, the third element in, 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 in my sequence. Uh-huh. So by waiting, by creating weights uh, this way, so evaluating the input sequence itself, that's, this is where I can draw nonlinear relationships uh, between the, the input and itself in a way that can be stored in a matrix and learned. Um, and so, and this happens over and over again, because you have uh, many ways of composing the same sequence with itself stored in your quote memory. Okay. And so we'll get more into it from a mechanistic point of view, but basically learning these 2D matrices and, and the way they, uh, you can combine something with itself or something with something else uh, because you can condition a signal with something else. For example, I can condition an image from text uh, the same way with this two by two thing uh, that uh, combines elements uh, that, uh, together. Uh, so these mini cards 
that tell me how to combine the, these two axes, two different axes, and I can populate this, this card with numbers across the, the card um, are what makes them the, the, the attention mechanism exist essentially in, in the way that it is today. Um, so it's like a two by two, I don't know, and it's not two by two in reality, it's many more dimensions, but ideally yeah. we will see from that paper that it's, it's really close to a, a, a learning nonlinear relationship by learning how to kind of uh, exchange uh, information between uh, two different source. Uh, and that can be the sequence in itself or a sequence in something else. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have the camera up, so I'm mimicking things and nobody's looking at me, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, so, I mean, I, what I'm imagining in my head is so, like you were talking about, with a normal neural network, what we do is we pipe things through uh, activation functions. And as a result, we get little bits of, of curves or, or bent shapes that we can then stretch and we can flip them over and, and we add those shapes and we add those curves together uh, to get something that, like a squiggle or something like that, that fits to the data. But maybe what, what you're saying is that with attention, uh, what it's more like we're doing like a really like crazy hyperdimensional lookup table. That isn't necessarily a, a shape, more as it is like, you know, given these inputs, um, that then can lead to sort of. Uh, some, some nonlinear combination of those inputs and the weights that we've given them um, can lead to sort of like digging into this hyper matrix or something like that. Of yeah, yeah. Picking out an output. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 very similar. Like it's it's not incorrect. In, in fact, yeah. it's uh, um, it's not that you cannot express similar things with very you know deep even. Uh, perceptrons or you know standard feed forward uh, mm -hmm. the fact is that you can uh, uh, it, you can learn much more efficiently like uh, mm -hmm. there have been some uh, scaling studies that have demonstrated uh, recently uh, that have demonstrated that the original transformer architecture from 2017 uh, was the had the, the best uh learning efficiency across the, the the board of many variations on the theme and uh, and that this tells us and that um the, the that uh, the same you know we were talking about roman numerals and arabic numerals it's yeah. almost like that right so the yeah. way the computation goes on inside those objects um makes it easier to learn a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that you couldn't express the computation otherwise. It's just yeah. very effective to learn it that yeah. way. I, I like that analogy, actually. It's kind of perfect. It gets us all the way back to how we started, right? Because, yeah, it's not that it's not that the old way couldn't do these things. It was just it's just so much more work, like trying to do long division with Roman numerals would just be the biggest headache ever. Yeah. Um, uh, but instead, you know, with Arabic numerals, we can do that pretty easily, relatively speaking, easily. Uh, and he, and so, of course, we're going to be like, well, this this way of notating or this way of representing knowledge is more efficient. Uh, so we're going to switch. And so it makes sense that, yeah, we would switch likewise. 
uh, in, in with neural networks and AI to switch to these things that are that can get to the get to this answer like in half the time or in quarter of the time. And then can be then we can then we can reach further. Then we can go further. We can take them further and do uh, things that we could have never really imagined that we were going to be doing with the with the standard neural network because because we knew because they were slow and they were difficult to train that we were only going to get so far. Uh, and now we can go like ten times as far because we've got a, just a much more efficient way of of training uh, the model, uh, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Like, uh, I don't know what the future will hold. Like, uh, for us, you know, like your yeah. friends from the publishing company, for sure, yeah. the human machine interaction landscape will, will change. I don't know if we'll, you know, if we'll be uh, subverted <laughs> or, or whatever, probably not, you know, yeah. but, yeah. but for sure, you know, uh, it will have a multiplying effect. The point is ultimately is, what tools you create for 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 the people right yeah, to yeah. you know to do more because if you have an api probably you're not gonna uh succeed you know yeah, yeah i was you know gpt3 has been out in the open ai playground for a while but it's only when chat gpt got on the stage that like my brother-in-law started talking to me about chat gpt right exactly and he's a tech guy but he is yeah. like uh, is not directly interested, you know, uh, in in this topic. But now uh, he started playing with it, right? In a uh, with a family at dinner. So, uh, and uh, and for example, like Microsoft today, the the news from today that you know they will invest ten billion dollars, um, and, uh, and opening eye to it, with the idea of integrating uh, that kind of technology in products like Excel yeah. and Word and so on is a testament to the fact that ultimately, right, you change life of people by yeah. uh, delivering products that, you know, uh, remove this kind of conceptual boilerplate of doing things, you know, and make yeah. them faster ultimately. So, yeah, I mean, the product creation aspect. So I'm excited not because, you know, uh, these things will take over, but it, they will allow us to, to, to create products. For example, how many times, Josh, you have reorganized <laughs> your folder of notes and, uh, you know, uh, changing the nesting structure of how your notes were taken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, For example. All, all the time. Exactly. All the time, all you know. The time. There's no right way to do that, right? There, yeah. There's no right way to organize our, our knowledge. And, but if you had something that was maybe fine-tuned on your style that could kind of summarize your notes and have the main takeaways organized for you, and then yeah. maybe the next day you ask them in another form and uh, you don't have the, a problem to deduplicate things and so on, and you can yeah. do it without even thinking about it, that's when your life would change for the better, right? Luca, I just have to say you just blew my mind uh, because <laughs> – uh, I mean, totally, totally blew my mind because it, I mean, I suddenly realized that that the way I organize my folders and whatnot is a little bit like a, a tension um, in that it's, you know, I'll start doing one thing and, you know, and it grows, right? And all of a sudden it needs, there. I need to add some hierarchy to things and I need to, maybe I need to rename these files. What this, what's, what started out being one thing 
ended up being another thing. And it's really only when I have the full context of like yeah. all the work I've done that I really see how to organize it. And it's almost like language translation with attention or whatever, where it's only when you see the full sentence and you process it all kind of simultaneously rather than one word at a time that you can get a really accurate translation and that words yeah. that start at the beginning of the sentence can then affect how things are at the end of the sentence. And, um, and it's like, and I'm, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, we could apply that same sort of mentality to my notes and how they're structured and how they're organized because, because it's really only when I'm kind of done adding to them that, that the actual structure becomes apparent. Uh, um, and also, and so you really just, you just blew my mind right there pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it because every note taking application I, I got, like I always, you know, drop it at some point because it becomes something no. that I don't like anymore. Because I, I, I probably don't I like myself so much at the, at that point. <laughs> I, I have a confession. I use I use I use oh, scraps nice. of paper and I, I use both sides. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's that's my strategy is is lots yeah. of scraps of paper all over the house. So with that said, we're gonna wrap up today's episode of the AI Buzz. Thanks everyone for coming. It looks like we had over fifteen hundred people drop in during the live stream, which is pretty awesome. Um, anyways, with that said, uh, we'll be back in two weeks to talk about more. I think we're going to dive more into chat GPT, more into transformers, more into attention, more of all this stuff. And hopefully we can, uh, we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll get Luca's, uh, audio working just a little bit better. Um, <laughs> so anyways, I just want to say goodbye. Thank you for being here for episode one of the AI buzz. Um, yeah, there's Luca. So <laughs> giving them thumbs up. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm really excited. I think we're going to have a lot of fun together. And, and hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. It's been great.